Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to the digital Shomrabyog. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I am joined this week under the sea by the man who put the man in manatee. It's Benjamin Manotti Colopy. I thought you were going to call me Benjamin Mantis Colopy. That was going to hurt no, my feelings. No, 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 no. Manotti, like the, the aquatic mammal. Yes. Man like of the... tea, quite often confused for any Irishman on a Sunday morning. With a funnily enough, Ben, funnily enough, you're not a big tea drinker, so we couldn't really call you Man of Tea. No, it wouldn't really be an accurate thing. I'm also not a huge blubberous uh, aquatic mammal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Most often, Ben, often, often spotted by sailors and mistaken for a mermaid. Yes, I sing a very particular song, Michael, when I'm on the rocks. Would you like to hear it? Yes. <gasps> the music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. Spectacular, Ben. Easily your best uh, easily your best segue into the theme music ever. Probably. I have to say, Ben, I only saw where you were going there at the very end, and I nearly <laughs> ruined it by laughing. Such was the deliciousity of that segue. Nom, 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 nom. Now, Ben, speaking of delicious segues, yes. have you seen um, <laughs> The Umbrella Academy Season 2? I have indeed, Michael. I spent the week this week, I spent the week this week, I sat down and I said, you know what? I love the yeah. first season. I'm going to commit to a TV show. I'm going to watch the damn thing. And that's exactly what I did, Michael. That's exactly oh, what I did. Good. I got some bloody Umbrella Academy season two into my eyeballs. And Michael, I have to yes. say, I have yes. to say, bloody fucking great. Oh, is it? Yes, I really enjoyed it, Michael. Perhaps. Yes. Perhaps even more than season one. Get it is perhaps a better season. Get, ben, get, get right on out of there. I know, I know. Get right on out of there and down to Dallas, Texas, which is where our bloody season two is set, Michael. It's where our bloody season two is set. <laughs> you're on fire with those segues, Ben. I know. It's, it's, I like, know. it's like you're like a speed skater on a buttery ice rink. Just ready to go, Michael. Ready to go. Yeah, greased up skates. It's incredible. Zooming we along. Our, we should have an earlier Sunday morning pod every week. <laughs> it's at your best cognitive peak. Apparently. Benjamin. Go on. Benjamin, I have to say, I haven't seen it. Despite oh. having had, I've had the time to see it because I've watched loads of stupid shit with mermaids in it this week. <laughs> but, um, thanks for that, by the way. But, um, what was I saying? Yeah, it, it's not appealing to me. It's not, it's not tickling my buttons, as they say. Or do oh, they say that? Oh, I don't no, believe Michael. they do. Not um, your buttons. Yeah, I've watched, it's weird. Because I enjoyed season one. Okay. I was looking forward to season two. Yes. Then season two came out, and I've just no desire to sit down and watch it. Oh, it's no. bizarre. That's yeah. not great. Well, on the contrary, Ben, on the opposite, I sat down last night to try and watch The Boys season two because I was under the misapprehension that it was out. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, very good trailers, Ben. Have you seen the trailers for trailers, The Boys season two? Trailers, very enjoyable. Poor whale, but very enjoyable. Poor Lucy the whale. Poor Lucy gets, the whale. She gets impaled. Have you seen the clip where the deep summons the, the seven? It's, uh, it looks no. like it's going to be very good, Ben. I'm quite enjoying it. I haven't seen it. It's going to be an enjoyable show, Michael. I think it's going to be very interesting. Michael, Michael, yes. let's, let's get yes. back on the, on the old topic of Rooney. All here. right. So, so cast your mind back to 1963, Michael, when you were but a wee lad. Oh, JFK was still there and uh, with a fully intact head. Just about. <laughs> Just yeah. about. Oh, that's a very... Is that, a, is that the tone we want to go with here? Yeah. I well, I, I, I mean, I don't think you can claim too soon, Ben. It's been a while. Oh, it's too soon, Michael. I too ready. soon. <laughs> I is it too soon ready. for JFK jokes? It's too soon. <laughs> so, Michael, the gang, as you know, at the end of Umbrella Academy season one, and spoilers if you haven't bloody seen it. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Go watch it. The gang and Vanya yeah. have caused an apocalypse because they're yeah, just having, right. they're, they're a very dysfunctional family unit, Michael. They're not mm-hmm. working through their shit properly. They're kind of all trying to be something their father wants them to be and it's not working out very well, Michael. And then bloody big boom apocalypse. She pulls down the moon with her bloody sonic, telekinetic, ill-defined powers. And yes. uh, that, uh, that's the end of it. But then number five goes, hold you. Hold your boots. Just, I'm just an old man who's a teenager. Put on the brakes. I'm an old man who's a teenager and play it very, very well. Such a He's convincing a good actor, old man in a teenage yeah. body. And He's very good. He decides, oh yeah, I can do time travel sometimes if I try really, really hard. So I'm going to do that. And he does that. But Michael, 
time travel is bloody unpredictable and timey-wimey stuffy and it's not good. So what happens is he deposits them at different points in the same town throughout the years. So one of the gang, an Allison, or the rumor, gets deposited in 1961. And oh, Michael, oh, oh, Michael, I don't know if you know this, but she's an African-American. And Michael, I don't know if you know this. Times weren't great in Dallas, Texas in 1961. No. For racism. The old racism. So that's no good. And then uh, the rest of them kind of get deposited at various times throughout that thing. Poor old uh, Diego gets deposited in 1962. He realizes that JFK is going to be assassinated, then spends much of his time in 1962 trying to alert people to that. So he gets locked up in a bloody insane asylum. Because Uh, he's mental. Yeah. Exactly what would happen if you were going on about that. Um... Poor old Luther uh, decides to go through his masochistic self-punishment phase again. And mm, he ends up becoming friends with Jack Ruby, the man who shot Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, who is a gangster. And he becomes a oh. cage fighter. So his kind of oh. arc is very similar to Wolverine in X-Men 1. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Mm. Do people punch him and his metal head goes, chong? Uh, not quite, but they do punch him in his big shaved gorilla body. Mm. Uh, nobody in 1961 to 1963 bats an eyelid at the fact that... He has a big shaved gorilla body. I don't know why. Well, in the comic books, Ben, it's much more obvious that it's a gorilla body. Yeah, it's very obvious in the comic books, Michael. Very. Yeah, in this, it's just obvious. a big, big muscly man. Yeah. He looks, he looks a lot like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes, he does. He does. He's an aberration, Michael. An yeah, abomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big old yeah, beastie yeah. boy. He shouldn't exist. He shouldn't exist. So that's, that's kind of what happens, Michael. And it just works so much better this time because it's funny they take a lot of what the characters did in season one and they keep it, Michael, which is very often a flaw that TV shows make where they don't allow the growth to stick properly. It, it right, doesn't, right. Michael. So there's a lot of development. There's, I think, there's some twists and turns, Michael, to keep things fresh. And, Michael, the action. Oh, yes. Oh, the choreographing, Michael. Now, completely fake. Uh, your friend of and course, mine, Benjamin. Coach Clive, would sit there yeah. and go, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. But to a layman... Yeah. To a maroon like myself, I was sitting there going, yes. oh, what delights. Oh, such swift blows. Oh, a lame such, man. Yes, such spiraling, such spiraling strange moves. Oh, the camera work is up above their head. Oh, what a punch. It was very good. Mm. Benjamin, how does it compare to the comic book of season two of the Umbrella Academy? That's a great question, Michael. I went out and spent Thank my you. life savings on two comic books, which were very bloody hard to find. Were they? I was trying to find season two and season three, Michael. And as you know, here at the podcast, we're trying to support local Irish businesses and uh, to keep people going. So it took me a while to bloody find them. And I found them eventually anyway. But it cost me a fair chunk of cash also. But they're very good, and Michael. Are- an arm and a leg. Let me see them, Benjamin. An arm and a leg. I don't have them with me, Michael. I'm sorry. They're upstairs in my room. Mm, okay. They're upstairs in no my room. Good. But one of the, the big changes, Michael, that I notice is the TV show is very sanitized and a lot less bloody and gory than the bloody comic. Oh. Mm. oh. So, Michael, as you know, in season one, it departs massively from volume one of the Umbrella Academy, the Apocalypse Suite. Um. The TV show very much has a non-superhero universe, whereas the comic takes gleeful delight in big costumes and bizarre characters and things like that. Tentacly things, tentacly things coming to get them. Tentacly things coming to get them. That's not at all what we're rocking with here. There's a very absurdist element running through the comic. It doesn't happen in the TV show. And no fault of its own, Michael. It'd be very hard to do in a TV show, I understand that. But Hazel and Cha-Cha are actually from Volume 2, of the Umbrella Academy and the entire yes. arc where Klaus goes back in time to Vietnam and things like that is from volume 2 of that. Oh, so, so a lot of volume 2 was in series 1. Yes, it was shoved into series 1 but then they play around with the timey wily element because also in volume 2 of the Umbrella Academy is the entire assassination of JFK plot which drives this uh, season of the Umbrella Academy. So there's a lot of picking and choosing and borrowing and things like that um, but my god, Michael... Hazel yes. and Chacha are so much more unsettling in the comic book. Oh, well, in the in the TV show, they practically became good guys, yeah. at least likable villains. Yeah, no, not not at all in Volume Two of the Umbrella Academy. Oh, we do you hate those guys with a, a burning fiery rage? It's it's oh. real unpleasant. Um, I will say. Number five is clearly Jared Way's favorite character. He just likes writing that character. What I didn't realize, Michael, and yes. what makes a little bit more sense in the comic book, is that he's experimented on by the time agency. 
Oh. To become so that's the why assassin. he's an old man. Yeah, so he's an old man, but he's he has his DNA spliced with every great killer in history. Oh, that's very interesting. And that's why he's such a little lethal fella in the Like who, Ben? In the uh like a like a famous mob hitman, like a oh. like an Achilles, like an uh different people. So basically take your top of the top of the line murder machine from back in the day, uh pluck out one of his hairs, get a little DNA sample and uh, lace that into number five. It's real sad. So Jared so Jared Way is a proponent of nature over nurture then? Apparently. Apparently. They're all genetically killers. They weren't trained that way. That's very interesting. Exactly. I think for the purpose mm. of the comic book, it works very well. But there's a much more interesting split between number five and who he was and who he has become. It's, it's kind of interesting. He fights against severe homicidal tendencies because of that. Now, we do get to see that a little bit more in season two. There's a fantastic scene using his wonderful magic timey-wimey powers again. And, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Michael. Just, again, the camera work, choreography... Absolutely brilliant. I will say, Michael, let's level some criticisms because I know you don't like it when I'm too shiny, happy people about things. I don't really, but go on. Let's let's line up some criticismos. So well, let's have some. Uh, Ellen Page. Oh, yeah, you God. don't like her, Ben. Still a damn squib. Just just the worst. Of what do you them. have against Ellen Page, Ben? Let's, She's dig, just... let's dig deeper into this psychologically rather than uh, assuming. It would seem that she learned her second name from a young age and aspired to have all the qualities and characteristics of that thing. Of a page. Of a page. She's okay, just so she... very cardboardy. She's just... Uh, and she has the same facial expression again. And she occasionally throws a tantrum again. And she's just the least interesting of the characters. But she's the most famous of the actors. Though she's the most famous of the actors. Although I suppose not anymore. I think they've all kind of... I still... Uh, yeah, she's still an A-lister in mm-hmm. B-listers. But, you know... Uh, it's hard to say. She's very stiff again, Michael. She has a very interesting arc in this. She has amnesia, much like the comic oh, book. Oh, classic, like a comic book. Much like the comic book. Um, and she ends up on a little farm in 1963. And there's a, there's a little bit of uh, mild spoilers here, just for anyone who's, who's going to watch the show. Oh, a little bit of a lesbian subplot going on there. Michael. Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna with be world's smallest lesbian, Ellen Page. World's smallest lesbian, Ellen page um she, so she's still the dampest of squibs and um, it drags a little bit in the middle as tv series are wont to do they often do don't they ben they often Bloody do Mar- michael marvel's daredevil get out of here season episode six to ten yeah no good no bueno noted irishman uh, robert sheehan is still one of the best things about the entire show he seems to embrace it even more in this one and kind of just has a, a gay old time and he starts a cult michael Yes, very good. It makes sense. Excellent. Excellent stuff all around. Um, I didn't realise this, but Tom Hopper as Luther gets a lot of hate. People Does don't he? like him because he's a big kind of can't make his mind up moany wine bag. Um, yeah. I think this might redeem him a little bit, Michael. He's pretty good in it. Um, and then there's a huge um, civil rights subplot, as you might expect, Michael, from... Anything set with a black character in the 1960s. Yeah, where... I mean, what would be the point otherwise, Ben? Yes, what would be the point otherwise, Michael? So again, very timely, very in line mm-hmm. with America's current struggles. Um, and very interesting. None of that, Michael, none of yes. the major plot device of season two of the Umbrella Academy is in the comic. There's nothing to do with the civil rights movement because rumor, really. rumor in the comics is white. She's not of an course, African-American. Yeah. So there's been quite a bit here. So showrunner Steve Blackman has taken, cherry-picked all his favourite parts about the comic book and uh, really gone to town. It's pretty good. Good. Excellent. I probably will watch it, Ben. You should. I think you'll really enjoy it, Michael. Don't get me yeah. wrong. There'll be parts where you'll be sitting there going, oh, oh no. Oh, rolling your oh, eyes. Yeah, every, oh, everyone knows yeah. I hate civil rights, Ben. So Yeah, you hate those civil rights. No, I think the character that you will probably find most irritating is is Lila, who is the, the kind of mystery character that's added into this season. Um, oh. There are a number of reasons for that, Michael. Um, I won't get into any of them because anything I give you will spoil it for other people. So... Go and have a listen to it, ladies and gentlemen. And then in the comments section or in Instagram, yeah. tell me why you think I didn't like the character of Lila. You can take it's a guess from me. A, it's probably because he's a misogynist. That's my early guess. Mm. I'm going to go with Ben as a misogynist as my first ben guess. Did. But then I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll review it, Ben. I'll review it. I'll review that guess uh, having seen the show. You know when you spoil the actual answer, there's no point in the readers <laughs> or listeners writing in. 
Like, we oh, all know it's one. because I'm a horrible misogynist. But... Van, I knew you were a misogynist. Even yes. when you denied it, I knew you were a misogynist. Yeah, you just spoiled it. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of everything that's happening in that America and all that's going on with social things and and it's with you know with civil rights and you know lockdown and everything. This week we're looking at mermaids for some reason. Uh, well, we want to take a break, Michael. Um, <laughs> oh, I got a message. And, and talk about something that we, we're definitely qualified to talk about, both of us being mermen. Mermen. It's mermen. from Ben. This message says, Mick, all banter aside, please stop calling me a misogynist on the pod. <laughs> People are going to think it's real. Uh, oh, poor Ben. Uh, no, I am a committed misogynist. Um, I have a dartboard in my room with all the women's faces on it. All of yeah, them. It just, has, it just has the word woman on it. And you just throw <laughs> just... darts at the word woman. With Ellen Page. A little tiny, like, <laughs> passport-sized photo of Ellen Page as the bullseye. <laughs> Benjamin! We're talking about mermaids! Yeah, sorry, we're talking about mermaids. In another dimension. Oh, hold on, uh, I have to put this on silent. Oh, sorry. It's my first time doing a podcast, so I wasn't really aware that... My phone should be on silent. Yeah, there are some conventions that are, and rules that make things a little bit easier. But you look, Michael, you couldn't know it's your first podcast. It's my first podcast. And look, Ben, it paid off with that humorous bit about pretending it was you who texted me. That was very good, Michael. That was yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, humorous yeah. because I am a misogynist and I would never ask you to stop calling me that. I'm I know, very that's, proud of my a, misogyny. It's kind of a double down on the on the trope. Benjamin. Yeah, go on. This, w- this week, we had a suggestion from one of our regular listeners on Arch Enemies, Puppin Riker, also known as... Uh, Podcast wanker, also known as Shane. Yeah. And he suggested that what is the point of having a podcast whereupon one of the podcast hosts has a room full of Transformers and is quite into Transformers, and yet we haven't reviewed the new Netflix Transformers series. <laughs> is that what that text was about? Yeah, and <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's true. There is a new Netflix Transformers series and it's getting quite good reviews. And I, Benjamin, said, the reason I haven't watched it, Ben, is the assumption that it's terrible. So... Fair. Yeah, and, you know, Shane points out that we watched Marvel's Inhumans, we watched all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we watched, um, what was that one about the boy who's a criminal mastermind, but really he's Artemis Fowl. We've watched all of that, Ben, so we're not really allowed to uh, to avoid things on the... On the context that they're on the subtext on the on the, on the matter, premise on on the basis that they're they're rubbish. So the plan was for at least if I was going to watch it, Ben Shane was going to watch it with me, so we both had to suffer together. But as you know, he lives in the Plaguelands. He so does. We're going to have to postpone that. Oh, that's a shame. We did have a Plagueland review coming, uh, but sadly, sadly. Oh, Plagueland yeah, yeah. Reviews is not a bad name for a review company, I'm just saying. Yeah, it'll, in a, it'll, we'll do it in a week or two. Yeah, we'll we'll get there eventually. Don't worry. Yeah, for yeah. anyone who only listens to this for Transformer-related news, first of all, yep. sorry for the severe length of time between Transformer newses. Yeah, uh, that's true. But also, don't worry, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, so Transformers fans can wait, Ben, anyway. They know they just have to wait till all are one. Michael. Little Transformers reference there for the Transformers fans. Uh, Michael. Yes. The reason that I pitched you this idea and I pitched it to you a while ago is because I've been reading a comic book. Uh, oh. Michael. The the John Constantine Hellblazer title has relaunched under the Dreaming, which is DC's kind of not a soft reboot of the Sandman universe. Yes. And the You're Vertigo, a big fan of it. And the Vertigo universe. Very, very good, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. Issues six and eight, or sorry, issues uh, six to eight feature a mermaid storyline, Michael. Oh, you love a mermaid. I love a mermaid. And it's very good, Michael, for a number of reasons. Number one, because it's kind of a return to the, the Hellblazer form of old, where magic is this big, grimy, evil thing that can't be controlled. And, oh, boy, does it have some chaotic consequences out in the real world when you let it loose. Oh, right, good. messy, 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 messy. Um, there's a horrific uh, mermaid storyline uh, involving a woman who falls in love with a sailor, but it's a modern sailor who's a bit of a... He's a bit of an anti-immigrant kind of guy. Um, oh, he's not the best. All right. He doesn't like a foreigner in his good British soil. Uh, oh. Th- there's a whole bunch of things. There's a weird um, There's a weird fishing trade dispute, which is actually real. It's, it's a weird dispute between France and Britain as to who can fish where. Right. <laughs> it's very, Sounds fascinating. It's very interesting, Michael. But anyway, he weaponizes a mermaid and it's a whole thing. It's it's really interesting. But it does pay homage to an awful lot of mermaid mythology. And it got me thinking, Michael, do you know what we have yeah. done a deep dive on? Deep dive? Yeah, see what very I did? Very good. See what I did? Very good. Under the sea. 
Yeah. So we, I decided we decided to do an hour uh, deep dive on the on the mermaids, and that's what we're oh, gonna do. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, that's what we're gonna do today. I'm all out of puns now, Michael. So I'm probably gonna sit the rest of this one out. All right, Ben. Don't don't uh, don't don't dry out your all your puns. Nice. Nice. Benjamin, yeah. why don't you get us started there by telling us what even is a mermaid? Well, that entirely depends, Michael. Okay, but well if you were looking for a big, broad generalization and you were looking for the key characteristics, it's a bloody human top half and a big, bloody fishy bottom half. Yeah, human top, fishy bottom. A human top, fishy bottom. Uh, and mm. generally speaking, Michael, they're found in the yeah. sea. Well, that makes sense. Generally, yes. So, um... It really depends on which culture you look at. It really depends on what way you want to look at it. So let's do a little quick uh, lore whore deep dive on um, where all these different things come from, Michael. Oh, lore whore. I don't know if I like that. That's terrible, you just isn't it? that or have you terrible. stolen from another podcast? No, that was, that, was, uh, that was suggested to me by a good friend of the podcast, Stephen Cadwell. <laughs> oh, good. Lore whore. Oh. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Because I love oh, the lore, that's... Michael. I love the yeah, lore. Yeah, I get it. I do get it. It is gross, though. It All is, right, go it's on. awful, isn't go it? Go on, then. Benjamin Lorehore Colopy. Uh, let's not make that. Oh, now that I hear it out loud, I like it even more. So, oh, good. <laughs> depending on where you look, uh, you get different versions and different things. The one that a lot of people are probably familiar with is from a Danish fairy tale. Ah, yes. Uh, by Hans Christian Andersen. In 1837, he came up with the, uh, the, the Little Mermaid. That's what it's called, Michael. And it was probably called The Little Mermaid. Yeah, The Little Mermaid, because he's Danish. Yeah. And pretty, pretty in that, Michael, there's a pretty tragic tale of a, a young a young sea maiden, a mermaid, who falls in love with a strapping human man. Yeah. And, uh, oh boy, does she go out of her way to um, to make him fall in love with her. And you, Benjamin, why don't you tell me the tale of Hans Christian Andersen's The okay. Little Mermaid? Bearing in mind, Benjamin... I have not seen the Disney film The Little Mermaid. Right. Right. Okay. So, right, Michael, Michael yeah. throw yeah. your mind back. Denmark, 1837. Yeah. Okay, there's I'm a, there now. There's a strapping young prince man. Okay. Unnamed, because it's a fairy tale. And we don't name our let's princess Let's say Mick. Tales. Yeah, let's say Mick. Mikkel. Uh, Mikkel, from, yeah. From Denmark. And yes. Mikkel from Denmark is strutting down the beach. You know, the Danish <laughs> It's beach. more Sweden, I think. Oh, okay. Anyway, but anyway uh, well, let's not confuse those two because that might start an international incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's, he's strutting down the beach. He's got the Bee Gees. We can tell by the way I walk that walk. I'm a, I'm a human man. No time to talk. <laughs> <Da-na-na>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good. As opposed to a mermaid. Yeah, it's very good. He gets on a ship. There's an L shipwreck. Yeah. There's a mermaid. And she's like, oh, he's fit. Oh, yeah. Fit, isn't he? Look at him oh, with his geez, sexy look legs. Look at him. Look at us. Sexy, sexy man. Um, so she's like, oh, man. If I had a set of legs, oh, I'd wrap it around him. i tell you that much. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she's 13, right, Ben, in this story? Yeah, Is it's that... pretty bad. <laughs> so anyway, she decides, I'm going to go make a deal with a sea witch. And uh, okay. first of all, red flag, sea witch. Yeah. Not a great name for somebody. You should probably be fairly suspicious. If anyone introduces them so, to you and says, hello, I'm the sea witch, you should be like, mm, yes, mm, back <laughs> off slowly. <laughs> so anyway, she goes to her and you'd think, Michael, that there is a yeah. big, she had a big bloody evil agenda. But uh, no, she's like, oh, you want to grow legs? And the little mermaid's like, yeah, I'd love that. And she'd be like, right, legs. Uh, well, I'm going to need a payment. And she's like, all right, okay, yeah, cool. Um, what do you need? And she's like, well, I'll take your voice. And she's like, oh, oh yeah, grand. I don't use that much anyway. So um, there you go. And she gives the way the voice and she sprouts a lovely set of legs. Uh, and off she does pop up to the thing and she goes up to uh, Danish Prince Guy and she's like, hey, I've got legs now. Except she doesn't say she, that. So she, she just finger that, points. She, yeah. Like, she can't talk. She just kind of points at him and then points at her legs. <laughs> yeah. And he and goes, oh, like, she's mental. Oh, what the bloody hell is this? Oh, God. Will the life of a handsome prince never be peaceful? So anyway, un- unfortunately, uh, she falls in love and he's kind of like, yeah, I, I fell in love too. Um, so it's a whole thing, Michael, and it all gets a bit tragic from there because oh, it's good. not the best relationship, Michael. He it's a bit abusive, of, is it? It's not entirely abusive. Yeah, well, it kind of is. Um, is he a bit of a misogynist? He's a bit of a Benjamin Colopy. And How does he feel about Ellen Page? <laughs> he's no great fan of Ellen Page, is he? Um, right, good. So anyway, this all kind of builds to a head over and over, and the heel of the reel of the jig is eventually... Yes. She has to murder the prince. Oh, good. So it's pretty weird. 
Um, it gets, it gets, it all gets pretty bad. Okay, so the reason that this happens is there's a wedding ship. Uh, they get married on a ship. It's a whole thing. Um, but then Michael, he kind of finds somebody else. Yes, because he's a big Danish prince, and women are throwing themselves at him left and yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, well, I'll like, have yeah. a little bit of you and you and you." Um, so he decides to, you know, do all that. It's, it's not great, right? So she's a bit heartbroken. She's like, "Ah, oh, oh man, what could I do to get yeah. my revenge?" And the sea witch is yeah. like, "Oh, that sucks." I'm sorry, that's a bad deal. I should have given you legs and a voice so you could speak for yourself and not have yeah. a dickhead cheat on you. And she's like, yeah, that would have been great. Him. And then the sea witch, again, mm, not a great name. She's like, I'll do you one better. Here's a bloody knife. Yeah. And uh, she gives her a special sea dagger. Yeah. And she's like, do you know what? You can just kill him in your marriage bed because he hasn't split up with her yet. He's just cheating on her on the side. And she's like, just just get a bit of uh, Greek revenge and give him an old stab in the bed. Just, sta- just stab him in the bed. But then, Michael, and yeah. this is probably the... Oh, this is this is a very uh, non-empowering moral to a tale here. But uh, basically, she's there in bed. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab him. I'm 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 gonna get him." And she's like, yep. "Oh, but I still kind of love him." Oh, no, oh, I don't, no. don't really feel like I stab him. So uh, yeah, she doesn't do that. Michael, she bottles it. Um, and what happens she is she bottles him instead of stabbing him. Yes, exactly. Uh, so what she does is um, she chucks it away, and um, <laughs> then she kind of dissolves there's there's not a clear end to this she kind of disappears and oh yeah dies it's it's not suicide but it's not not suicide it just wilts ben she wilts um and and the gods take pity on her and they're like no that sucks for you that's pretty poor and uh, they transform her into the spirit of the air Uh, the air yeah not the sea no that's weird aerial michael Aerial. Is that how the bloody is that how the Little Mermaid the the movie ends? No, no, that gets some Disneyfication, baby. How does that end? So, um, well, Michael, first of all, let's tell the yeah. listeners why this is so bloody interesting for me. All you right, go on. You've never yeah, bloody yeah. seen the Little Mermaid, 1989's I've never magnum seen it, opus of animation, The Little Mermaid. You've never I've heard seen, of it. You've never seen a little heard crab dance to Jamaican rhythm. Sebastian, I've, I've heard of him. You've never seen a, a cute, lovable yellow flounder thing. That's Dory you're thinking of from Finding you, Dory. You've never seen a fiery redhead take on a shark for a fella. I have. I've seen um, Sharknado. Shark. Oh yeah, that's actually fair. Fair. Anyway, <laughs> in that, Michael, um, obviously we we receive quite a bit of Disneyfication. Yes. And it gets it's all it all gets a bit. Uh, bit happy. So, what? Is, a, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm concerned about this. How old is Ariel in the movie? Uh, she's supposed to be. I think it's. Is it 17? Okay. Oh, it's all, all right, a bit dodge, Michael. Uh, That's not terrible, I suppose. And how old is the prince, though? He's not like 35. I, is don't, he? I, I don't know. Let's find out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna type in Little Mermaid age. age. This is gonna yeah. get me on some weird watch list. Um, yeah, no, you're already there. <laughs> you're there. Um. Does it have her age? This is one of those probably Disney doesn't. things where it's never said. Yeah, it's probably never stated, Ben, just for this very reason. Yeah, because it'd be all bloody messy. It'd be a bit gross. It'd be a bit weird. Come it'd on. Bit, uh, it would be a bit... Oh, no. Oh, what? no. She's 16. Yeah, but how old is the prince? If the prince is close enough in age, it's not too gross. If he's 16, it's not horrific. Well, let's bloody find out. We're really becoming distracted by this issue here. Well, it's an important this... issue, Michael. We here at the I... podcast do not... Do not support weird bloody grooming. Do not support weird grooming and uh, relationships with sea life. Well, I mean, you shouldn't be having relationships with sea life anyway. No, no, it's, it's, no. I mean, they're they're not humans. Benjamin, Prince's, Prince Eric's age is not stated, Michael. So anyway, okay, he has a name. First, first things first, right? Yeah, gets a bloody name. He's Eric, right? From Eric, Denmark, yes. except he speaks with an American accent, and it's a bizarrely kind of. European-esque town, sea town. As everybody does, yeah. As, As everybody, everybody does. does in a Disney movie. Um, and mm-hmm. very much the, the same idea. There's a shipwreck. Ariel, uh, first of all, Ariel has some wants and desires outside of getting the ride, which is a very important right. step towards making her a more fully rounded character. Ariel yes, dreams, yes, you could argue that. 
Ariel dreams of living above the sea. Um, life up there. I can't remember the, the exact tune, the ditty that goes with it. Anyway, she dreams of living up there with the humans because she finds it an interesting place. She has her cave of trinkets where all the things that humans drop off their boats and things like that. She kind of collects them in a little cave. Oh, like the like the plastic thing off off beer cans. Yeah, exactly. So she first of all she chokes on those because they're very hazardous yeah. for sea life. Sea life. Yeah. And then she's yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, what an interesting thing." And she pulls yeah. it off and it's a whole thing. So anyway, exact same thing happens, but this time Michael, we have a much more interesting kind of character development for her. She's the daughter of King Triton. Okay. Who, who is the the Roman equivalent of Neptune? He's a merman. No, sorry. He's he's a knockoff version of Neptune who is the Roman version of Poseidon. From Greek mm-hmm. mythology, so he's the god of the sea, is a big old trident, um, yeah. and he wants her to to be married off. He's the favorite of his daughters. He wants her to be married off, and she's like, "Oh, I'd rather choose my own suitor." Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so it's a classic kind of early Disney animated film moral. It's like I want to make. I my think own you're decisions. thinking of. I think you're thinking of Brave. Yes, Isn't I am. That the one where the fiery redhead doesn't want to marry who her dad wants. Or 1992's Aladdin. Um, with Where fiery Aladdin brunette doesn't... decides she wants to marry who she wants to marry not who her father wants her to marry oh yeah, yeah it's, although it's... her father is quite sympathetic in that one at least yeah he, well as bumbling sultans go yes yeah yeah he's very small he's very small he's tiny he's a little tiny man I'd have questions about why his daughter is so tall if he's so small I know it's a bloody I'd mystery be... I'd have questions about that but anyway <laughs> go on <laughs> anyway yeah. Same uh, same heel and reel a jig. Uh, shipwreck, Prince Eric might die. Ariel yeah. gives him a bloody savey save, and he's like, oh. She's like, oh, he's a bit of all right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, hello. Look at that no, Danish beefcake. Mm-hmm. So she goes and finds a sea witch. And again, Michael. Again, Michael. Yeah. Sea witch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. there's a big difference between the sea witch and Han Christian Andersen's fairy tale, who is a very yes. neutral character and doesn't actually have much of an agenda. She doesn't, right. doesn't really care. Doesn't really no, care. she'll just do a thing. She'll do a thing for you if you ask. She'll do a thing. It's a barter. It's a deal. You're a sea witch. You give me something, I give you something. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, bada Ursula, bing, something for me, something hand, for you, yeah. Is the name of the the kind of evil witch in The Little Mermaid. And ooey, Michael, no ifs, buts, or muts about it. She's evil. You know how she's evil? Because Triton banished her from the kingdom for being a bloody evil witch. Oh, so uh, Ariel decides that she wants to go up there on land so she can marry her prince charming, and she does the exact same deal. Michael, she's like, "Hey, hey, give me yes. some legs. I'll give you my voice." Um, and really, there's a lot of red flags here, Michael. She goes to a weird sea garden where Ursula keeps all the souls of the mer people she's made deals with before. It's very dark, Michael. Very dark, and that is actually a reference to a very old Irish tale called the Soul Cages. Um, and we'll get to into go that a on bit later. later. We'll get into that a little bit later. Oh, will we? Uh, well, okay. no, we can do it now. Actually, the Soul Cages is a famous tale uh, between a fisherman and a merman. They strike a up merman. a friendship off the coast of Clare, um, and okay. the merman has been trapping the souls of sailors who died at sea on the Irish coast in cages. He keeps them down there for company. Um, and the fisherman is like, "Oh, that is grim as fuck. Trapped for all eternity at the bottom of the ocean. I can't yeah. be having that." So he decides to make a deal, and he goes for tea with the merman, and he gets him drunk. They have a drinking competition at the bottom of the sea, and when the merman passes out, he lets all the souls out of the cages. Oh, so there's a little uh, strange reference to that there. Um, as we go along, great story, very interesting, muy bueno. Um, What's that called? It's called the Soul Cages, Michael. Soul Cages. Hmm. Um, interesting. And it's a very interesting little tale. So anyway. Moving on from there, we know it's a big red flag. She's a big old villain. She's got the villainous eyebrows. She, Michael, is a very interesting variation on a mermaid. She has an octopus lower half. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? It's yeah. just gener- It's just sea life. It's just sea life. So you can be any kind. She's still of a lower mermaid, half. though, isn't she? Yeah, you I could mean, have a, you could have crabs below the belt if you wanted. I mean, uh, well, some of us already do. We're bloody fucking, fucking can't swim though. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. Moving on from there, Michael. Uh, she goes up. Now, Michael, she yeah. can't talk, but Prince Eric is like, oh, you're, you're a bloody... You're a very crumpus. attractive young lady, aren't you, he says. And it's a bit weird, because now we know she's 16, so that's... Mm, well, mm. maybe he's 16, too. Anyway. Anyway. Doesn't, yes. Doesn't look 16. Doesn't really sound 16. But um, he... Complicated morals. Anyway. So he goes, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rescue you anyway. And uh, he kind of looks after her in the palace. It's a whole thing. Yada yada. But what we don't know, Michael, what we don't know is that yes. 
um, Ariel's voice is very special, Michael. It's a magical oh, it's voice. Magic. It's a beautiful voice, oh. which is a very common mm-hmm. trope in mermaid lore. Their voices are spectacularly bewitching things. Um, yeah. And what Ursula wants to do, Michael, is she's going to use Ariel's voice, in essence, to kind of trick Triton into uh, marrying her. And then she can take over the kingdom again. Oh, it's all Oh, how sneaky. Yeah, and Ariel gets wind of this. And she's like, well, give me back my bloody voice. And she's trying to explain to everybody. He's like, I want my bloody voice back. But then, Michael... I haven't got a bloody voice, but I've got legs. It changes instead. It gets it gets a bit weird again, Michael. Because no. in order to punish Ariel, she decides to kind of seduce Eric. So it, it kind of falls back in line with... Ursula does. Yeah, it's real weird. It falls she's back turned in into line. a sexy lady. Yeah, a sexy lady with a lovely voice. So it becomes far more like the tale in Hans Christian Andersen again. Okay. Um, anyway, Michael, all you need to know, the thing that you're yes. really missing out on, is the bloody climax, Michael, where Ursula turns into a big giant sea monster thing and there's yeah. a big battle. It's great. It's so good. It's awesome. I've never seen it, Ben. Oh, it's real good, Michael. You should check it out. Uh, all of our listeners should be watching The Little Mermaid. It's a very enjoyable tale. It has possibly one of the best musical numbers from Disney ever. Under the sea, din and Under the sea, din and It's great. Very good. Benjamin. Go on. I watched some mermaid stuff because you made me. Yeah, I did, yeah. Because we were doing an episode and of Mermaids this week. Yeah, you told me. And I said, all right, I'll watch some mermaid stuff, Benjamin. And the first thing that I watched, Benjamin, was 1984, Ben. I was but two years old in 1984, Ben, and you were not even... Uh, you were not even a glimmer in your parents' eyes. Not even. Not even. Benjamin, I watched 1984's The Film with Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah, directed by your favourite, Ben, your favourite fiery redhead, Ron Howard. Yeah, love him. Love him. I watched 1984's Splash. Splash. Ah. She's a bloody mermaid with legs. Savior of the undersea. Ding, ding, Benjamin, ding, have you ding. seen the film Splash? Uh, I've seen bits of it. I have never seen it before yesterday, Benjamin. Oh, Let me tell you. First of all, it's set in the 80s in New York, so everyone's always shouting at each other. The whole movie is just guys shouting at each other. <laughs> Nobody talks in a normal pitch throughout the whole goddamn movie. You'll notice I've moved back from the mic a little bit, so hopefully this isn't ear-splitting. But I hope if you're going to watch this movie, you're going to be ready for 90 minutes of people doing this the whole time. Where is she? Where's Madison? Last time I saw her, she was heading to Bloomingdale's. It's non-stop, Benjamin. It just doesn't end. Nobody ever stops shouting. It's quite incredible. So there's that. Uh. <laughs> There'll be no more listeners now. That's no, good. they're all gone. So, yeah, it's about Ben. Uh, Tom Hanks, or as the French call him, Tom Hanks, is a... Uh, is a, is a young man and he's on a ship, Ben. And he jumps off the ship. What? And when he jumps off the ship, as a young man, Ben, as a young boy, um, he's, he meets a, a, an appropriately aged mermaid girl ah. in the water. And Benjamin, he only kind of half remembers that for the rest of his life. And he grows up to be a shouty New York uh, fruit and veg salesman who, <laughs> for some reason, can't find... I'm telling you guys, these cherries, you're going to send me these cherries? They're like slimy snails. How will you take some bananas at cost? So it's just people shouting at each other. Everyone's shouting at each other. It's constant people shouting at each other. Um, so he, Ben, can't find love. Until oh. Benjamin, one day he gets drunk and bumps his head and he goes back to his childhood holiday spot of Cape Cod and he falls into the water. And who rescues him, Ben? But the very same bloody mermaid. She's been stalking him the whole time. She, well, that's a weird thing. She hasn't actually, but she, you know, it's a coincidence. But she finds, she rescues him. They have a little kiss and she finds his wallet. Benjamin, there's lots of, despite this predating the Little Mermaid, does. it doesn't predate the story of the Little Mermaid. No, so it there are some does. things. There are some things in it that are quite similar. For example, when she first comes to land, yes, she doesn't have uh, any clothes on. Oh. Yeah, and later on Disney, I watched the unedited version. Oh yeah, where her hair does mostly cover her bum anyway. Yes, and there was no need to draw massive attention to it. And the hilarious thing about it, Ben, in the next very next scene, there is a much clearer close-up shot of her bum. And I don't know if uh, Disney edited that one on Disney Plus either. I watched it on YouTube, Ben. Uh, Much much smarter. So she can't talk, Ben, and she doesn't understand the human world. It's classic. But somehow. She tracks him down to New York and they very gradually fall in love and he doesn't realise she's a mermaid. Michael, would you say it's a fish out of water tale? It's a real fish. Oh, ben, I was, it's, I have in my notes, don't forget to <laughs> run the fish out of water joke into the ground. So Benjamin, in New York, she's a real fish out of water 
Um, but it doesn't seem to matter because the mermaid lore in this, Ben, is there are a couple of mermaid facts in this. Okay. Mermaid fact one yes. is when mermaids get dry, Ooh. they have legs. <laughs> okay. And when mermaids get wet, they have fish. <laughs> they have fish. Little they fish. They have fish legs. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, fairly interesting there, Michael. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. While you were watching Splash, I was watching bloody Nickelodeon's H2O Australian yeah. Three Girls in a Tub uh, mm-hmm. adaptation. And it's the exact same rules. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Oh, so when they're, when they're dry, they don't have legs. And when they're wet, they yeah, have legs. It doesn't make any sense. No, the opposite. What happens if you sweat? Uh, well, that's internal water, isn't it? So I suppose you wouldn't get it. But in this one, she's very eager to avoid the rain because Tom Hanks doesn't know she's a, a mermaid. Oh, he just thinks she's a beautiful mute. He thinks she's a... It, there's no way this wasn't written by a man. A beautiful <laughs> mute nymphomaniac rescues him from the sea and tracks him down across the country and loves him without reason or flaw. Like, she just, it's a stunning, tall, nude, blonde woman comes out of the sea, tracks him down. He, it doesn't seem to bother him that she's a real fish out of water. It doesn't matter. He doesn't know who she is. He doesn't know if she has any brain damage or anything. And he has loads of sex with her loads of times. And this is all presented to us as a perfectly fine and reasonable thing to do. While at the same time, everybody's shouting. About cherries. So Ben, one of, yeah, one of, one of cinema's best shouters is in it as well. Eugene Levy. Oh yeah, he's a great shouter. He's one of cinema's best shouters. He plays a scientist who's trying to prove mermaids are real. Classic. And he's able to track her down, Ben, inexplicably, without the internet or any idea who she is or where she's gone in the 80s in New York. What did people do without and, the internet, Michael? Like how I, I don't know. I don't know how they managed. And uh, he, he wets her. He sprays her with a hose. <laughs> okay. Just when, uh, just when <laughs> she's about to tell Tom Hanks that she's a mermaid, he sprays her with a hose. She's learned, she's learned English. She's learned how to speak English from oh, TV. Oh, good, good. Um, yeah, so it's all fine and not creepy anymore. Oh, good. And... Um, she has seven days, Ben. She can spend seven days on Earth and then she has to go back to the sea forever. Oh, that's a so very you, specific rule. It isn't it. Isn't it, Ben? And it's around the full moon for some reason. I don't know if it's seven days uh, every it's month. A classic. I don't, yeah, I don't know exactly what's going on. But he sprays her, Ben, and it's a moment in a, in a romantic comedy, Ben, which was nominated, by the way, for Best Original Screenplay by a Man About a Sex Object. Mm-hmm. It, um... He sprays her with the hose just before he tells him. And it's one of the most horrific body horror moments I've ever seen in cinema. Really? Where she's lying there. She's lying there, shocked, terrified and crying as a crowd gather around her and her big flappy fish fin comes back. That sounds awful, Michael. It's terrible. It's horrible. But Ben, it's nothing compared to the ending. Okay. Because Benjamin, in this, in the lore of mermaids in this, and I think this is a uh, consistent, Ben. In, the, in mermaid lore in this one, the kiss of a mermaid can save you from drowning. Great. So she gets captured by the government and Tom Hanks and John Candy and Eugene Levy, who has a change of heart, they rescue her, Ben. Yes. And they're chased down to the port. And at the port, they have a decision to make because she has to go back to the sea, Ben. You go on. And, and uh, if she goes back to the sea, she can never return. Oh. But remember, Ben, the kiss of a mermaid can save people from drowning. So she tells Tom Hanks that he can go with her. And he's like, that's fine, I'll go with you. Well, hold on. He goes, oh my God, yeah, that's fine. I'll go with you and I'll just come back to see my brother Freddy at Christmas. And then she says, no, Tom Hanks, you can't do that. Um, if you come with me now, you'll never be able to return. You got to choose, so they, baby boy. Yeah, so they go their separate ways. And then when she's in the water, he changes his mind and he jumps in after. And she runs up and she gives him a kiss and then they swim off together. <laughs> What? And, yeah, he's decided to live under the sea for the rest of his life, Ben. He's not a bloody merman. What? So they're swimming out to sea, and she's a mermaid, and she's got the flappy mermaid fin thing. Right. And he's in his fucking suit and his runners. It doesn't make he's any sense, Michael. It doesn't make any sense. And then they swim to Atlantis. What? <laughs> they swim to Atlantis, which is about a mile off the coast of New York, apparently. So does she have to shift him constantly from for, to stop him from drowning? I don't know, Ben. It's not addressed. <laughs> just like... I don't know. Forever like, shifting he, under the sea. <laughs> he can't swim. 
So I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think he can even travel around unless she's holding her ha- his hand. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Oh no. So yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good film. It's a good film. To ten out of ten. Yeah, enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I mean, would recommend. It's it's pretty interesting. So far, Michael, that's very similar to the um, to the strange inverted tale of mermaids that is uh, Shape of Water. Go on. Remember we watched that one where a lady has sex with a fish. Yeah, yeah, that was weird because he's a sexy fish. Um, we got a, a listener suggestion on the old Instagram um, from Cron, good friend of the podcast, Cron. Cron, Cron, he's back. He's back. Welcome uh, back, Cron. Welcome back, Cron. And he suggested an honourable mention for Abe Sapien from Hellboy, which is a fair point, Michael. Um, he's one of the best fish people. One of the best fish people. Uh, Guillermo del Toro certainly seems to think so because he went and bloody stole the entire idea and put it in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was The Shape of Water, which won an Oscar, Michael. Again, another yeah. Oscar-winning mermaid thing. Yeah. Uh, but he's big, bloody, sexy, primal fish creature thingy, majig. Is he a merman, though? Is he, is he a merman, though, technically? I mean, that's the real mm. question, Michael. It's it's hard to tell, Michael, because across the cultures, there's, there's yeah. loads of different mermaids doing loads of different things. And the only mm-hmm. one that really does... Uh, the only one that really does a, a human on land kind of thing are our very own mermaids and our Celtic cousins over there in Scotland, the Selkies. They're the oh, only on. mermaid myths that kind of do an on the land mermaid thing. Um, right. So we have Selkies and in Irish and British mythology, they're called Merrow. And it's the mm-hmm. same idea. And they have a special thing, Michael. They have a special thing and it's called, uh, oh, I have it written down here. It's Cuckleen, uh, the Cuckleen Druith. And okay. the Cuckleen Druid is a, a it's a, it's basically a water cap, Michael, that you can pop on and off. And if you have the cap on your head, oh, you can go swimming. And if you don't, uh, no good. No. Um, in convenient. A, in a much more body horror-esque uh, element of it, Michael, if you are a Selkie, you wear a seal skin. And if you shed the seal skin, you can hide it away and walk on land and do all kinds oh, of things. Yes, very interesting. It's pretty interesting, Michael. So, there, was a, th- there was a movie about a Selkie, wasn't there? Was it called The Selkie? No, there was... A, well, we have... There are two possibilities. Um, there's the very, 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 very popular Irish animated thing called The Selkie. Yes, that's the one I was thinking um, of. And then there's a bizarre... Mm. And I do mean bizarre film with Colin Farrell. Yeah. Have you ever seen that film, Michael? Colin Farrell know. and The Selkie? Um, no. So, uh, hang on. Let me find the name of this film because I have it written down. Is this real? Yeah, no. There's a Colin Farrell film involving a Selkie. It's bizarre. I just typed in Colin Farrell film because I thought that idiot. That won't help. No. <laughs> Tigerland. Uh, that Onadine. Onadine. And in Onadine, he plays a member of the traveling community. Oh, very good. He's known for his subtlety. He's known for... Yeah, well, <laughs> Jesus. So anyway, he meets this bizarre woman who comes out of the sea and yeah. he thinks she's a selkie. He can't understand her. She sings a bizarre tune. And it's weird. Mm. Um, now, Michael, I'm going to give you some spoilers here, right? It yes. turns out she's a Romanian drug smuggler. <laughs> and she's been taking advantage of poor Pruncius and his lack of wit when it comes to this kind of thing and the song she's been singing is a Sigur Ross song and he puts all this together when he hears the song that she's been singing on the radio and he goes hang on that's not an ancient Celtic tune from beneath the sea it's bloody Sigur Ross it's Sigur Ross from Iceland from Iceland <laughs> it's fucking bizarre that's um, hilarious yeah so that movie exists and that's one of the few live action adaptations of a selkie um, that's very interesting Ben yeah so it is very interesting they come up all over the place Michael but one of the ones we haven't talked about all of our maids uh, all of our mermaids have been relatively benign creatures um, mm. however there is a bloody very dangerous uh, mysterious element to mermaids as well and those are my favourites Michael I like the predatory mermaids Oh they're, yeah, you do. They're great. Oh, I love a predatory mermaid. Me, mm-hmm. love them, love them. Um, so the one that's most common and the one that everybody's probably familiar with, Michael, is uh, the sirens from Odysseus, which are a mermaid-esque creature. Are they though? This is or this is where you start getting into the the morphing of myths because I mean, in originally aren't they bird women? No, that's a harpies. No, that's sirens. Sirens started as bird women. I'm pretty sure. Oh, maybe they did. Oh, hang on. Oh, god. You could be right. Well, I mean, you usually I mean, are. they, they, um, they, yeah, uh, sirens and mermaids have kind of um, mixed together, aren't they? 
Oh, you're right, Michael. They have little wings. Because uh, si- yeah, no, you're right. Yes, you're si- right. sirens are bird women who stand on rocks and sing and attract sailors to the rocks, whereupon yeah. they're shipwrecked. You're not wrong. And die in the sea. But a lot of the a lot of the mythology of sirens has transferred over to mermaids. Yeah. And like the concept of the siren and the mermaid are merging together. I think in in the current mindset, where the singing. The pulling sailors down to their death. Um, a lot of that is associated with mermaids now as much as it is associated with sirens. Well, Michael, that's very interesting because in Eastern European folklore, that's all mermaids bloody do. They're not great. Uh, Eastern European and Russian folklore has uh, something called the Rusalka. And the Rusalka it can be found in freshwater or in the sea. Um, oh, okay, go on. And they are the transformed spirits of women who were done wrong by... Uh, who were cruelly who cruelly died at the hands of men? And what they do is, yeah. Michael, they sit there in the water, like, "How are you, sexy? Come here to me. Yeah, you're Come right. here to me and have a chat with me." Uh, have and you then, ever, have you ever heard of Sigur Ross? And then, when you get too close, up oh, straight into the water, with you get eaten. Um, so those are the Rosalkas, and it's pretty interesting. We saw a version of that, and it was um, brought to our attention by good friend of the podcast, Sean. Yes, and he said uh, the 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 mermaids and Pirates of the Caribbean four a bit of crack, Michael, and I made you watch that for oh, the podcast here, oh, as well. Oh God! Oh Sean, <laughs> what are you doing to me? So Benjamin, I am an enormous fan of the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, what's going on on the Black Pearl? Yeah, <laughs> probably my favorite modern adventure film. It's very good. You know when when it came out, I was there. This is up there with Indiana Jones. This is a, a great character who'll go. And then Ben, they drove it into the ground by focusing too much on mythology and world building and having the same characters keep popping up over and over again. Classic. It would have been it would have been great as an Indiana Jones esque anthology series where he has a slightly different adventure each time, but not as it was the forced raising of the stakes and gross expanding of the cast of characters every time without Weesh. ever getting rid of anyone yep. anyway Ben so so Pirates of the Caribbean 4 on Stranger Tides was kind of envisaged as a bit of a reset for the series yes there's no there's no Will Turner there's no Miss Mr. Katy Perry isn't Orlando there, Bloom isn't there though isn't yeah exactly there, there is there is there's a guy whose name I can't even remember because I was just calling him Will Turner but it's not played by Orlando Bloom and he's a different character there's no Kira Knightley she's not in it either isn't there um, though isn't there just a Kira Knightley with a big tail well look Ben in this it's, it's a ridiculous <laughs> film with far too many plots and one of the plots that could have easily been removed was the whole mermaid thing yeah because um, what they need is they have the, the Fountain of Youth. They found Ponce de Leon, Ben. He found the Fountain of Youth and there are two cups you need to drink from and one of the cups needs a mermaid's tear for some silly ass reason which could be, have been entirely done away with. Yep. So, an hour into the film, Ben. An hour into the film. It's too far in. They Too far in. I stopped caring. But an hour into the film, they need to capture a mermaid. Ugh. And Ben... It's pretty good mermaid lore. They send a, a small ship full of sailors out and they shine some light on them and the sailors have to sing sea songs because, which is hard to say, sea songs attract mermaids. Do, do they sing and sea songs by the seashore? No, they, see, they sing sea songs on the on, on the on a fucking boat, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Ben, as they're singing sea songs, very good, a Michael. sexy mermaid appears. That was very good. And she's like, hey, hey, boys, I'm a sexy mermaid. What do you think of that? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're kind of into that. And she's like, oh, well, why don't you come over here and give me a little kissy kissy? <laughs> and one of them goes over to give her a little kissy kissy. And she pulls him under the water. And when she pulls him under the water, Ben, she turns into a horrible fish monster face thing, oh, like a vampire no. kind of thing. And then, and this is the weirdest thing, hundreds of them appear. Because they're fishing a shoal. Yeah, they're like a school of fish. And they, uh, they all attack the pirates, Ben. And there's a big pirates versus mermaids battle. Boom. Involving explosions, uh, slightly out of shape Johnny Depp. Oh no! Running around, running around with low energy compared to how he did in the first movie. Not an out of shape <laughs> um, Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit tragic. But anyway, Ben, they end up capturing one mermaid, right? And she seems to be the least evil one. Oh, good, the least evil and mermaid. She, the least evil, and she can speak English. And um, oh, that's handy. She, she appears to be falling in love with uh, the guy who's not Will Turner. He's a priestman. Not Will Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Burner. Um, and, you know, there's a bit of a disagreement between Ian McShane, who plays Blackbeard, 
and the missionary. And the whole thing is summed up with the best joke of the movie, where the missionary and uh, and Blackbeard are having Blackbeard are having an argument, and Johnny Depp says, "I support the missionary's position." Yeah, <laughs> the best joke of the whole film. Anyway, Ben, later on we find out she 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 they cap they capture her because they need her tears, and they uh, they drop her out of her cage of water, and she ends up on the earth, and her her fins dissolve. Oh. And it turns out that when she's dry, oh. she has legs. Oh. She's just like bloody Daryl Hannah from the film Splash. That's bloody handy for the budget, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, well, here's the funny thing. She can't walk because she doesn't know how. She's never done it before. Well, that's She's fair. a real fish out of water, Ben. Hey. It's a real kind of fish out of water tale, hey. if you know what I'm saying. Fish um, out of water. That's a pun. So, anyway, Word Ben, play. The, whole, you, the, 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 the entire movie would be better without the whole mermaid subplot. I, it's complete and utter waste of time. But... It's quite good, Ben, because the missionary, towards the end, is is stabbed. Oh. And in his dying act, Ben, he goes to rescue her. Oh, good. And he unties her. And she says, oh, no, you're dying. I can save you. Give me an old kissy-wissy. And he gives her a kissy-wissy. And she pulls him into the water. And they swim off together. What? Yeah. So now is ben, this is this not Will Turner? No, it's not Will Turner. It's a missionary played by a guy who looks like Orlando Bloom. It's not Will Turner, though. Okay. Um, if you remember Ben in the Legends of Mermaids, um, they can give you a kiss and you can live underwater like Daryl Hannah does to Tom Hanks. A kissy wissy, yeah. But also, Ben, mermaids will seduce you and then pull you into the sea and drown you. So is that what she does to him? Don't know. Oh, mystery galore. It's exactly. We never find out. Maybe he just and died and she is, ate him. Maybe he just died and she ate him. The whole like, oh, I'm a good mermaid and, and you're seem like a good person, so I like you. In the end, Ben, she seduced him and she dragged him under the sea. You know what I mean? For for his good. Oh, it's it's the only good thing about the whole film. And that's what you enjoyed. Mermaids making things better sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we got quite a bit of help there. So thank you to anybody that uh, contributed oh, to ben. us. Oh, Ben. Yeah, go on. Watch Splash, though, for, if for no other reason than Daryl Hannah's spectacular underwater acting. It's very good. She she is the best underwater actress I have ever seen. I mean, that movie basically launched her career, and they would have cast her, I suppose, on the basis of her underwater acting. But she never once looks uncomfortable, and there's no CGI to back her up. Oh. Like, it's, it's, it's very impressive underwater acting. That's high praise. Uh, from me, the the king of underwater acting. Yes, you, who is notably an Oscar-worthy underwater actor. Yes, and I also can't swim like Tom Hanks. Yep, so I mean, it's a perfect, it's a fusion. He's He exactly. is the spiritual child of Splash, the movie. Exactly, um, exactly. Is this how you reveal to us that you are, in fact, from Atlantis? I'm a merman. You're a merman, Dad. Merman. I had to get that Very good. in there just the once. Ladies and gentlemen... Thank you to everybody who contributed Listeners, to this week's episode yeah. on Shomra Pyog, the Instagram. You can find we, us there. If you hold don't. on, Ben. Were there any we didn't mention? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Let's get through one or Let's two more. Uh, Joanna got in touch with us to tell us about H2O. So thanks for that, Joanna. I had to watch it on your recommendation. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, OG Glop on the podcast here. Uh, Relentlessly Rachel told us that. Uh, Mermaid starring Winona Ryder and Cher. Um, but it's not really about mermaids. It's about a... Kind oh. of a Weird things Benjamin, I wrote I wrote a joke where I watched the film Mermaids and it wasn't about mermaids and then I got all annoyed, but I forgot to do it. Oh, that would have been a great joke, Michael. That would have been a great yeah. joke. Um, yeah, yeah. She also said... That ben, we... Ben, what? Ben, what? when I was watching it and it was about women and emotions, you know what? I felt like a real fish out of water. Hey! Uh, so, um, in uh, she also said that she hopes we do a rendition of Mermaids by Flight of the Concords. We might do that another time. It didn't really fit on the podcast for this one, and we didn't have time to rehearse. But we might do it. In the I've future. never heard it. It's very good, Michael. Very good. Uh, very Flights of the Concordy. You're a Jermaine Clement oh, fan. I like them. You'd be I like fine. them. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, we really care about our listeners and we love it when they get in touch and give us suggestions. If you would like to get in touch with us and give us suggestions, you can find us in the following places. www.shomrabyog.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com means tiny room in Irish. It, it does indeed. If you like a more modern mobile approach, you can find us on Instagram at Shomrabyog. Same spelling. 
And same meaning. Same meaning. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. We're smooth as butter today. Um, ladies and gentlemen, is there anything we missed? Get in touch with us in those places. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a review, please. Give us a review. We don't ask for much. It's a, You know, we're a real fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> for more quality content like that, give us a good review. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. Please, yeah, um, and we'll yeah, do an yeah. a, we'll do an ASMR podcast at some point. Um, I hear that's popular on YouTube. Yeah, uh, no, I won't be involved in that. I would be like a real fish out of water in that uh, area. And then, if you think any of your pals enjoy shoehorned wordplay, you can uh, yeah. share us directly onto your Instagram story or share it directly with us if you listen to us on Spotify. Give us now a follow there as well. That's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm off to teach Mick how to swim. Bye. Yay! I can't swim. I'm a real fish out of water, but in water. I'm a real. 